Well, what do you know? It's a proof of life podcast. Hi, I'm Scott Van Pelt. This is SV Pod. There's Stanford Steve, my pal. How are you, bud? Excellent. How you doing, buddy? You know, we're good. We're good. We're in the midst of uh, some time off, um, which is a good thing. Already, though, got SEC media days happening as we're here and start working your way back to camp in the NFL. I've already got a, I've already got a draft position for one of the leagues I'm in. Picking sixth. Don't love it. Ugh. I've already mocked a little bit. Don't feel good about it. So all of the things that mark the passage of time as we inch closer to the fall and football, they're happening. They're happening. Uh, but we are in the middle of a, of a bit of time away. And uh, it's just important to, to check back in with all of you out there. Make sure every we hope you're well. We hope you're enjoying summer. And just give you an update on some of the things that are, uh, that are going on. Uh, we talk a lot about golf on here because I think we both enjoy it. I thought the Open was just everything I thought it would be. And then somehow even a little bit more. Yes. You know, we're going to talk with Max Homa, who's in Italy, about that walk with Tiger a little bit later. Um, we're interrupting the man on a vacation, which is rude. I told him to say no, and he didn't. I gave him another chance to say no, and he didn't. So kind of his fault. If, but, if the roles were reversed, you wouldn't uh, even respond, right? No, 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, for Max, I would. I'd be like, no, dude, I'm, I'm, come on, I'm in Italy. What do you want from me? I got kids. Come on. Yeah, I got, we're at the beach. It's, you know, Charlie's naked in this. He's in a fountain. It's like Charlie is the little kid naked. It's not a guy in a fountain. It's my kid. Charlie, Charlie can't pee in the fountain, but <laughs> no, I mean, he's very kind to, to spend a little time. Oh, he's going to be a dad. See, once he is a yeah. dad, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't, we'd never, we'd never interrupt, but you know, we still, still got a little window, but I, Look, St. Andrews, I've been there. Uh, it's just an incredible place. It was it was brutal from like, you, you know, what I, you think it's some of your favorite places like you played in the Rose Bowl, you know, like you when you watch it. God, I've been there. I know what it feels like. I know what it smells like. You know what I mean? I know what every I know everything about it. It sucks. I, I know how much fun you, it is. Right. So bad. So bad. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. Um, I, but. <laughs> I, I I watched all of it because St. Andrews is such a blast in terms of the challenge that it presents. And you could say, and you'd be right. What do you mean a challenge? A dude shot 20. You're right. You're mm -hmm. right. But look at Rory. He said it perfectly after Sunday. He didn't play badly. I didn't do a lot wrong. I just didn't do enough right. He had the lead. He hit every single green. Yes, they're massive. He just couldn't get the putts to fall. And Cam Smith couldn't miss uh and and it's i mean it was an amazing sunday all of scotland was rooting for rory okay. and i understand why he's he's a, he's like the soul the conscience the, the the voice of the sport at the moment because it's a weird time and it sounds like a lot of chatter that cam smith's heading to live tour mm. um it's all that's only going to continue to be uh ramped up that that story as more and more players go that way uh but smith was spectacular uh and it's this is this is something Steve, you and I have talked about a little bit, and I mentioned it through the years. How Gary Williams, Maryland's Hall of Fame coach, has explained to me that playing with a lead in sports is one of the most difficult things to do. You saw it from Cam Smith. He led on Saturday, played conservatively, shot over par. Something about being the pursuer in this sport rather than the leader frees you up to just slam your foot on the gas 
And you saw Smith said it afterwards. He said, I, I would have played different if I was if I was behind, if I was leading. Well, trailing put him in a position to just say the hell with it and go for broke. Dude shoots 64 and becomes a major champion. Uh, but what a week. And I know you were out there consuming all of it, I'm sure, as well, because I know how much you enjoy it. It's the best thing to watch on, on in sports is golf majors. I don't care. And you add the stakes of what that is, Scott. But on top of what you say about being the pursuer, uh-huh. I think those guys had to thrive. I mean, Azinger comes on and says 100% of this crowd is rooting for Rory. <laughs> like, that would be the best on top of being a pursuer, knowing you have to go out and play your best. Cam Young shot a 65. He didn't win. Cam Young shot a 65, and no one mentioned him on Monday. It's crazy. It was Rory didn't win. The golf gods don't care about your stories. Cam Smith was awesome. It's like, hey, hello, hello, hello. The guy with the beard from Wake Forest shot 65. He made eagle on 18 to top the lead. I mean, I just, I mean, it's granted we're Tuesday, but I just want someone to say, holy that guy from Wake Forest with the beard can go. He hasn't won yet, but man, can he play. God, he punishes the ball. And I also thought it was a a really good experience for Hovland because on Saturday, they're behind, they're the group behind and they're trying to push. And Hovland had so many putts that just didn't make it right on the rim all day Saturday. I really felt bad for him. And I just figured that was his chance on Saturday. I thought he was the guy that could have went and got ahead. Instead, it's Rory, obviously, after the hole. And, and then Hovland, just to be able, though, to hang there. I mean, he played par golf. You know, as he's there, it's not he's that close. But for that's, his first, that's his first top 10 Correct. in a major. He, he has not been close at all. And I thought Brandel Shambly made a really interesting point about Hovland's short game is, for a great player, it's way, 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 in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. It's he's a lousy, he has a lousy short game. He just can't chip the ball well. But but Chambly explained that because of the way St. Andrews are with these massive greens, you don't have to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. So you're you're able to you're able to avoid that part of the game, which is kind of his Achilles heel. But you're right. For he's a spectacular player with just that one issue that he's got to sort out. But to be in the mix, to be in that last group in, with Rory, who the whole of Scotland is rooting for, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just a, think that, I think that just added on to it. And then I'm, I'm with you. Just when they're showing the overhead of Cam Smith on 17, and you're like, oh man, how's he gonna do this? And then he pulls out the putter and he just rolls it right there. I'm like, oh my God. Like I, I just the creativity, uh, you know, we'll talk to Max about it, about the guys playing that course. I, like I said, I've never been there and I know this sounds terrible. I have no interest of going there. I don't like the look of it. It's I don't fine. like how old everything is. <laughs> I worry fine. about the food. I worry it's, about the ice factor. And keeping food's not great. Cold. They don't have ice. And I just have zero interest, but That's, I watched. I, I I had to log six hours every day of watching that. So Minimum. It's so, so good, and um, it lived up. It, it really did because, you know, you get in those circumstances. Any You know, Rory comes out there. He's got the crowd. Is anybody going to catch him? And I'm just watching these guys tee off before. I'm like, man, these guys got it. And I, I, you could see something in their eyes like this is the way they want it. They've got everybody against them. Like you said, step on the gas and go. And uh, it was so, so freaking good. What Smith did on 17 was outrageous. Oh, like that yeah. look, that hole, the road hole is one of the most famous holes in the game. There's a, there's a hotel in the middle of the, of the hole. I think I said a few years ago on the coverage, I'm pretty sure and it might have been at like three in the morning. 
so it didn't get a lot of traction. And I didn't, I just, you know me, I just say stuff. I wasn't trying to be sacrilegious, but I think I just said, there's a hotel in the middle of this hole. It's just, this. that's just dumb. I think I said, that's just dumb. Not that the hole is dumb, because oh. it isn't. The road hole oh. is a legendary hole, but I mean, there's a hotel in the middle of it. Yeah. You know, you got to hit it over the O and road and hotel. It's a spectacular hole. Uh, it's it's just the T points you one way, then the fairway goes another, and then you get up to this long skinny green, and there's this road hole bunker, and then there's a, then there's the actual road, then there's a wall. Which years ago, when I was sitting there with Tom Weiskopf, Miguel and Hell Jimenez had to hit the ball off the wall. He hit it backwards off the wall onto the green. It was insane. And what Cam Smith did, leading the Open by one on Sunday, putting up within a foot of that bunker, and then making it. And I got to tell you, the reaction of that crowd, everyone acknowledge everyone says that they're the, the the best sports the best fans in the sport yes but it was obvious because if that if rory did that oh they would have become unhinged they would have the bleachers would have collapsed from the roar and they he makes that putt and everyone's like well that's that's a fair that's a fair for useful that's a useful for that's useful all right there you go off you go well done fine for They'd have gone berserk if, if Rory did it because to have the, the minerals to take that shot on and pull it off, my God. And he look, he deserved it. Rory was Rory was right. You know, I got beat by a better guy. And yeah. you could tell, I thought when Rory missed it, he had a putt on the second hole, about inside 10 feet from mm -hmm. Rory, and it hit the lip. And I thought, you know what? Those are the putts you make when you win, you know? And yeah. it had, you could look at 10 of them. The, the 10, yeah. Five of them, like conservatively, five of them that if he makes them, he's the winner. Uh, and in the end, he's not. Uh, it was saying I get what you're saying about St. Andrews. It, it's it's an old place. It's been there for a long time. Yes, it looks it. <laughs> it well, it had, it's been around. Uh, yeah. But it's there's a vibe. There's a feeling. Uh, it's I don't it's need all different. the names of the bunkers either. The principles. Relax. And those, and then, come on. Relax. Come on. Relax. I got to hear about just, how they're the most knowledgeable fans. I got it. I they, got it. They I'm watching. I'm right. watching. Show right. me the goal. The, well, the ice is the thing that we could sort out. <laughs> when I was there in 2000, it was right now in the UK, they're setting records. It's like the hottest. It's oh, ever been. man. And, and, two, and 2000 and 2000, when Tiger won, it was like 85 degrees on a, sun, a Saturday. And there must have been 200,000 people in town. Everyone was hammered. And we went out to a, a restaurant and they were out of ice. <laughs> I just wanted some ice water. It was hot. I wanted some. Uh, I'm afraid we're out of ice. And I said, well, you know, there's a really simple recipe. Water. You've got that. Yeah. Right? Make it cold. <laughs> Boom. Voila. They just don't like they don't like ice in their drink. I've told the story somewhere about being in Glasgow. Absolutely got obliterated one night and went to a McDonald's where I needed more than anything. A, qu a quarter pounder with cheese, some fries and a Diet Coke. <laughs> to try to get my day going. And the gal asked me, would you like some ice? And I'm like, yeah. And I, I swear to God, she took the tongs and grabbed an ice cube and <laughs> ink drops it in the bottom. And I go, no, 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 no. I go, no, 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 no. I need more ice. And then I again, hand to God, the tongs grab a second cube of ice. Gink. Now I have two little, two little. No, you don't, because it's already melted. <laughs> no, and, and I said, no, 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 no. I, I want you to put more ice in this cup than you've ever seen in a cup in your whole life. She's like, well, then you don't get as much drink. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But then the drink I have is cold. cold. I, I'm in dire need of some cold diet Coke. 
So that's 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 something. Is it they Coke can, Light over there? Yeah, the, the I feel like the McDonald's in Glasgow had proper Diet Coke. I feel, it felt okay. like a good mix. But you know what? That morning, that was after the fish and chips morning, where oh. there was the whole thing with God Save the Queen, and it was we started a riot. It was bad. <laughs> anyway, I, it, it's um, also just one more thing about that place: yeah. you can't ever tell what the temperature is. Because some guys are in short sleeves. The wind's always whipping. Sun's in, sun's out. And you're like, I have no idea what the temperature is. And then, you know, obviously we see what's going on there with the heat wave. But it's just, like I said, zero desire, nothing against it. And that's fine. You know, Not that's for fine. me. We're that's good. And that's, and that's fine. But you love watching it on television. I oh. enjoy, I, I love going. Missed St. Andrews. Um, uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. The tiger bit uh, we'll get to uh, a little later. Um when he didn't stop on the bridge, I didn't think he'd stop. He's just not, you know, he's not that sort of guy. He's not wired for that, at least not on this trip. If he's if, if they go back and say five to seven years and he's 50 something, I think he'll stop and take a picture because th- yeah. at that point, you'll be content with whatever the book is like we've written our book. This this is it. The work is done. We'll put it on the shelf and you can say about it what you will. Um I thought Faldo was great. You know, people crush Faldo on the broadcast that, you know, golf Twitter. They don't love it. Uh, Okay. I just thought it was he and Terry Gannon and they're not saying anything, which is what in our business you're supposed to do. Just let the, let the pictures and the cheers tell the story. But you saw a tiger go to his eyes. You saw him because he's crying Mm -hmm. and he admitted afterwards, you know, it it got to me because he's human. But Nick Faldo said, Three simple words. He just said, I thought so. And I thought, yep, because he knows, because Nick's been the guy, a three-time champion of the Open, walking over, walking over that. Sir Nick, thank you. Walking over that bridge. He knows the emotion of putting that behind you. And there's, there's this incredible metaphor in play. And he's been the guy. Years ago, famously, Nicholas walked in as Tiger's walking out. It's crazy how it works, man. Because the mm-hmm. first and the 18th are side by side. Mm-hmm. And oh, here comes Rory and Tiger's walking in. And it's 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 behind you, man. You know, the the, the probably pro, I assume probably the major championship winning is behind you, you know, and you're walking in and it's done. And that's that that visual of the of the of the torch being passed, however you, whatever you want to say it, is unmistakable. Mm-hmm. And there, where he he's taken that walk on a Sunday afternoon, when he won the Slam, and he was at the peak of his powers. Man, he's what in two thousand he was what uh, 20, 24? Yeah, uh, right. Yep. I mean, he's he's Superman, and he's he's you know. The video game. He's gotten every coin there is. He is every. He's ninety nines across the board. Um, and now he's now he's not. And you know the, his 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 championship starts out where he hits you know an iron in the middle of the fairway and it's square in the middle of a divot, which is so dumb. I'm not going to get golf Twitter, uh, 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 divot Twitter in a you know up in arms over this, but it's just. Ridiculous. You hit it in the middle of the middle of the fairway and you're in a divot and you got to play it from there. But you hit the ball 70 yards sideways and you get relief. Why should you get relief from a ball that you hit that badly? Tough. <laughs> you're behind a you're behind the bleachers. Hey, you know what? Don't hit it behind the bleachers. All right. Mm. Punch it out and make a figure out how to make a four. Anyway, I mentioned being in there in 2000 when it was 
hot and Tiger Woods was at the peak of his powers and won, which completed the slam. He's the last to do it since then. There's a couple guys. Rory, by the way, can win the slam. If he wins the next major, that's at Augusta uh, next April. First and second round coverage on ESPN. But Tiger didn't win this year. It was a two-day event for him. And playing alongside Tiger Woods, Matt Fitzpatrick, the U.S. Open champion, also Max Holman. And if you know Max's backstory, you know what it meant to him to be playing alongside his golfing idol, Tiger Woods. And I wanted to know, what was that walk like on 18, that remarkable moment where Woods walked up to the thunderous applause of the fans at St. Andrews as his round was was winding down. So we called Max, who's in Italy. Before we move on, a couple things going on at ESPN that we'd like to mention. First, ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Always College Football with ESPN College Football Analyst Greg McElroy. With off-seasons being the thing of the past, Greg McElroy goes year-round with analysis, opinions, and insight on top teams and under-the-radar stories from coast to coast. That's always college football. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, he was the face of the New York Yankees and the most admired player in baseball. Although Red Sox fans are probably saying, what are you talking about there, kid? The Captain tells the story of Derek Jeter's life and Hall of Fame career. Catch episode two on Thursday, July 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. What type of bozo interrupts a man in the middle of his Italian wine-drinking vacation? to come on a podcast well this bozo and stanford steve my partner in crime bozo max homa joins us from somewhere in italy max where are you i'm in florence uh, italy and it is awesome i bet it is it'll be a whole lot more awesome when when we say goodbye i i really <laughs> sincerely I, I appreciate you doing this but you were the one person i thought would be the perfect post open guest because you were in the middle of just an an incredible scene on Twitter. You called it a movie. And, and so I, I really just want to start with this. It's the 18th day on Friday. It's you and Matt Fitzpatrick and Tiger Woods. And you're about to walk up at the home of golf. And unfortunately for you and for Tiger, this is the end of the road, but for Tiger, it's, I mean, he's Tiger Woods. He's one of the greatest has ever been. And there's no stage in golf like the 18th hole at St. Andrews. And from 18 T to 18 green i just I, I would ask you to take us on that walk and describe what it was like yeah uh, i'd be lying if i said i didn't think about it on thursday uh, he didn't play great obviously and i was like all right well odds are 18 is going to be um mega important <laughs> come friday afternoon <laughs> and yeah uh wait lagged on the tee as long as i could so he could get to get to stepping towards that bridge. Um, the caddies all went right uh, away from the bridge to kind of 
you know, take obviously some of the uh, stress of being in the pictures with Tiger uh, away. Uh, I'm still walking over that bridge as is Matt because it's cool as hell. Uh, but I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for Tiger to go up there. I didn't know if he was going to take his hat off, if he was going to stand on there and take pictures. I didn't know. I thought maybe he'd just blow right over it because uh, he's, you know, Tiger. Um, but, yeah, uh, I feel like the whole walk after the bridge, just following him up the fairway, I tried to watch as many people, like, that were watching him. I tried to watch all of them because it was really incredible. Um Everyone was so fixated on him. Uh, I couldn't see his face, but you could just tell uh, by the body language, you know, he was appreciating the warmth that he was receiving. And it's such a crazy stage. That fairway is uh, enormous. Uh, There's a ton of infrastructure around it. We're walking by Rory, uh, who nodded at Tiger. Uh, JT, as we get up closer to the tee, obviously Tiger's boy is like right there watching as well. So just walking behind him a good 30, 40 yards behind him and kind of seeing everybody see him, it was uh, it was different, man. I don't how think loud, it- how loud, how loud a noise, because what people that and I, I think a lot of people listening would have watched. But if you didn't, there's a massive fair fairway, the first fairway that's lined with a grandstand directly in front of you is the city. But there's a massive grandstand to the right of you. There's the town and there's Rusak's Hotel and people are hanging out of that. And there's people behind you to a degree. So you're you're really in many ways completely surrounded by people. So I just the sound, Max, what's the sound like? It was uh, I feel like the the Open Championship fans have a way of synchronizing their claps. (laughs) It it sounds thundering. (laughs) And that's what it felt like for like five to 10 straight minutes. But yeah, to your point, like, I guess the, the, the rooftop, uh, you know, bars or areas on the hotels, like just so many people and everyone is just continuing to clap. And it wasn't like America, it wasn't hooting and hollering. It wasn't, you know, screams like that. It was just a constant cheering. And I felt like that was so perfect because, um, you know, you obviously can't embody a person's career in one walk, but, uh, being able to have people collectively cheer and and gain like a a very obvious loud noise from that cheering, I feel like put into perspective just how like important Tiger's been to all of those fans, but also the the people uh, that that weren't there. It was it was it was. I don't know how to explain it. I really I said it felt like a movie because I felt like I was somebody at the end of like some incredible uh, biopic, and you're watching the main guy. And then at some point, maybe in the, as you're watching, you're like, oh, there's a random guy right there. Like what a cool spot he has. Like, that's how I felt. I was an extra in a very cool moment. And my view, it was hard to explain. I mean this sincerely, and I don't want this to be corny, but I I, I just wonder, because this is a guy who means a lot to you, right? I mean, when you win at Riviera, you're it's psyched that he's got to talk to you so you win. Yeah. I mean, and you're there watching this, which is probably maybe probably the end of the road for him at St. Andrews where he finished the slam. It was, it, emo- it was clearly emotional for him and he admitted as much afterwards. Is it emotional to you? You know, what's odd is it didn't feel emotional. I still feel like this is, it may be at St. Andrews. This might be the end for his like competitive chances. Who knows? He could prove me of very well. Of course, and a lot of people wrong, but it doesn't feel like the end of his golfing career, which I feel like would have been a lot more emotional mm-hmm. uh, from from my end. Uh, it feels like he's just kind of getting back into it in a way, you know, getting his body right. Uh, what did kind of click in, maybe not emotional 
emotionally, but maybe just to the gravity of the situation was when we were up by the green tiger was getting ready to hit his putt. And I looked back down the fairway and, you know, JT and Lowry and everybody on one fairway and everybody on one green and everybody in the stands on one, everyone's looking back up at him. And I thought that was special because you walk by somebody, you nod, you wave, whatever you take it in. You very rarely just stand in a fairway, look back the complete opposite way as you're about <laughs> to start your Friday at the open championship. So I was like that, that, that just shows the gravity of what it was. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't get emotional because it was, uh, sure. it felt like it just felt grand. It didn't feel like the end of anything to me. That's well put. And I know Steve's got some questions just from, from an, a guy who hasn't been to St. Andrews about it. And I've been lucky enough to be there a bunch. So I have the, the, you know, the sense of it. I just want to work my way backwards just for one second because you and Fitz clearly lay, lay back. Is that an orchestrated thing? Like, do, do you like at some point on 17 or is there some sort of looks and like, you're, like you got to, I mean, you just, you guys just sort of get it. I, you're professional golfers, you know what to do. I just wonder how much of that is kind of orchestrated amongst you two to make sure that you clear the stage for him. Yeah, it oddly wasn't. Uh, like I said, after Tiger hit his tee shot, he kind of like stood on the tee a lot longer than I was hoping for because no one talked about it. And I was like, I knew Tiger knew what was about to happen. You know, sure. obviously, I think if I know it's going to happen, he should know it's going to happen. And Matt is standing like we're statues on that tee. And finally, Tiger starts to walk towards the bridge. I'm like, OK, so I wait, I wait. Matt's a little bit in front of me. And Matt is a good, you know, 15 yards behind it, but that still felt close. I wanted <laughs> nothing to do. So finally, at some point, Matt looked back and kind of laughed and smiled. I was like, what do we, uh, what do we do? Uh, and I also said, Matt, you're like even too close for me. I feel like we need to be so far removed from this that we are not in a single photo. Uh, but we were just both laughing. It was actually quite a joy to walk with somebody else around my age who, you know, I'm assuming has a very similar outlook on, you know, that who Tiger Woods has been, you know, to, to, to us as, as a, as a kind of like figure in the game that we love so much. It was cool to walk with him and talk with him about what we were watching and just how incredible it is. Um, somebody had asked me after, uh, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, I guess, to my buddies, but somebody asked me after, was it inspiring watching Tiger walk up the fairway? And I said, no, because it's truly like unthinkable to be able to accomplish all of that and get all of that back. Um, I know it's just one walk, but it did feel, it felt bigger than any moment I've been in, in my life. So yeah, not orchestrated. I think fortunately, uh, I think everybody in all of Scotland <laughs> knew you, you lay back and you let the dude walk. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your, your whip fits and there's the picture of, of tiger on the bridge, but you guys are in the background and you mentioned you're talking about, you know, what this is. Like, what specifically are you guys talking about right there? Are you asking him places you should go in Italy? Is he asking you what time your flight is out the next day? What's going on there? No, we were uh, we were both kind of giggling just about – we talked all like a bit, a bit about it Thursday. When Tiger hits a tee shot and you are, you've are you already hit or whatever, so you're waiting. If you, if you stare at Tiger, it's cool or whatever. But what's kind of almost more – amazing is if you actually look at everybody else because everybody's mm. so fixated on the dude and everyone has their phone out so we had laughed about that on thursday and then we were kind of laughing about that more on 18 on on friday because now there's ev like everybody like 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 we mentioned like the fairway's so big and there's so much 
infrastructure and there's hotels and there's people on the street and there's so many people you're fully surrounded and if you we were just looking around laughing about how just so many people were there to <laughs> admire a guy walking kind of <laughs> that's what it felt like and it was silly and funny and and i don't know he just looked like you know when you step back and and, and you 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 watch somebody kind of kind of get all of this attention it that's where it feels kind of fake and i think we were both kind of just taking that in thinking like how is you know it was just cool but how is that possible that one one golfer can um can create that kind of atmosphere for themselves the golf course this town is amazing but uh you know tiger tiger did all of that and uh had the entire you know i don't know how many square yards of space but he had every single person's eyeballs on him including me and matt you send out the tweet after the tee times are announced. You say this is, you know, a dream come true, you know, all that stuff, playing with Tiger. When, when, what's the moment it, it, it sets in? Like, do you and Joe have a conversation before? Like, holy shit, this is happening. Like, when does it sink in? Because it obviously didn't start great when Tiger goes in the water on one. Um, but, like, just that kick-in moment. Like, did you talk to anybody, text anybody, be like, hey, what is there anything that I should be prepared for? Like, is he is Tiger going to do anything? I don't know if he has, like, any jokes. You know, and it's a major, though, so – and it's your first time. How did – was there anything you did differently in approaching playing with, with the icon? Um, I had a couple of people reach out and give me, like, advice just not to get caught up in watching him play. Mm. Uh it felt it, it. I actually had the Thursday morning was better than I had thought it was going to be as far as like the nerves, but it, it felt really, really, really real when I got a shuttle back to the first tee and there's a putting green next to it. And, you know, the only three people on that green are myself, uh, Fitz, Patrick and Tiger. That's when it <laughs> felt like, okay, this is happening. And then when Tiger got on the tee, he was first to hit and they announced him the entire same thing as walking you know back to 18 yeah. friday every i realized how many people there were just so many people around <laughs> around us and uh, that's when it felt like very 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 real at, at a point it actually is almost comforting because you know no one is watching you every <laughs> so that's kind of a uh, a nice humbling and reassuring point of your day like don't be nervous no one cares um but Tiger, Tiger made it easy to play with him. Um, you know, he got off to a horrible start, hit in a divot on one, makes double. I think he was three or four over early, and we didn't know if he was going to talk. Joe and I were kind of hoping, like, you know, that wouldn't ruin, you know, the experience of getting to play with our, our favorite uh, golfer ever. But, uh, yeah, he, like, smacked me on the butt with his club on four and started chatting me up, and that's when it was just awesome. We had two cool moments on nine that day just talking mm. about uh, – you know, him being in San Diego, playing a little golf, uh, the weeks prior, just stuff like that. So it was cool, but yeah, it was, the buildup was a lot, but once we got playing, it was actually cool just for me and selfishly that it just started to feel like golf again, but it was yeah. just golf. I've watched hit more golf shots than myself. <laughs> um, one thing I've watched, I'm watching you tee off on one, tell Joe, no more white sneakers and gray socks. That did not give me positive vibes. I did not like that look and we do not need to see that look again from your caddy. Okay. That, that's, that's just the vibe I got. I said, Oh no, he went gray socks, white sneakers. Can't do that. To be fair to him. He was part of the, uh, lost his bags in Europe somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I will need to start to keep an eye out to see if that's a normal thing, but those were not, that's not his, his normal uh, attire, but, uh, maybe that's his jam. And if it is, I will call him out. 
Okay. Steve, Steve is very, very particular about his golf fashion. He felt like there was too much beige at the Max, U.S. Open. I texted you about it. I <laughs> texted you about it at the U.S. <laughs> Open with people that you've played. Like, we got to help these guys out. I like your combination of the different navy blues. I like the Carolina blue in there. I just wonder if you would go a little Cal with a little gold and navy blue. That's not a bad combo, as much as I hate to say it. I might, I might need to bring that back if Cal can become relevant in a sport uh, at some point uh, in, in the near future. Uh, but for the moment, yeah, it's uh, it's not Carolina blue, it's Dodger blue. Uh, I don't like yeah. that hat you're wearing, Steve. Didn't want to point it out, but if we're bringing up fashion choices, I guess I, I might need to. There you go. Uh, He's wearing yeah. a, Mets, a Mets hat for those who are listening. Yeah. Beige is be- that wasn't the U.S. Open. That was that was the color of the grass and Adam Scott's entire wardrobe. <laughs> How about Scott? He's still kicking it. He played really well over there as well. All right, look, I I I when I when you tell a guy there's there's I have one rule in this business. If I tell a guy five minutes, it's never five, but it can't be thirty. And you have dinner to go to, <laughs> so I want to let you go. But I just I, I, to bring this full circle for the folks that follow you and a lot of our listeners do. I think they probably saw, but maybe they don't get how cool it is that after mm. you play a Scottish Open round, you're out at North Berwick, which is just one of these cool, legendary <laughs> golf courses. Like you just had to experience it, and you try to understand what, like, what St Andrews. It's impossible, I think, to describe unless it's like what something tastes like. Unless you have a bite of it, you don't know. But as best as you can, just how how different is the experience of of golf in Scotland if for, for people that really have an appreciation for the game. I read a great quote this week about Lynx golf. Um, American golf, I think it uh, is beautiful in its own ways, but American golf leads you to have swing thoughts and play golf swing. And if you go to Scotland or, or pretty much anywhere where there's Lynx golf, it will take you 10 golf shots to start playing golf. You, you, doesn't matter. You got to move the ball somewhere. Like just, you have a parameter in your eyes and this is where the ball's going. And I need to get it there somehow. It opens up your brain to so much creativity. Watching Cameron Smith chip around there and putt around there was awesome, but you have to see a ball land on a corner and then bounce up there. And then it's going to kick back the other way. Like there's so much going on and the golf course architecture makes no sense to me. St. Andrews was uh, a, you know, built bef- 200 years, I think before electricity was founded. And yet it's the most remarkably built course I've been on. Uh, when you go play there, you'll see a bunker and you'll say, why the hell is that bunker there? That makes no sense. And then you'll ask a local and they'll say, oh, when that wind blows the other direction, that's where your ball will probably end up. So it's just the little things like that. You add the, 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 the wind and the rain and all this, but when golf courses are firm like that, when there's mounding and hills like that, it, it makes it makes you just go into a different world uh, as far as how you typically play golf. It makes sense why the great champions win there. It makes sense why Tiger's been so successful. They're working the ball and seeing how a ball is going to react uh, in the air and on the ground. It's we just don't experience it a bunch with, with in, in America because we don't get that kind of that kind of weather and we don't have uh, a, a base that's that firm and you can just kind of play the ball in the air. And I find it tremendously fun, uh, and completely different. Um, it, it is, a it, it's a different beast. And I just think that if you kind of learn to love it a bit, uh, it, it can be so much more fun just because the ball can have a mind of its own on the ground. <laughs> and I think accepting that is, is another, is another piece of like the puzzle to c- conquering, I guess, links golf. 
Yeah, St. Andrews looks like a golf course that you could play it every day of your life for a hundred years and you'd never play the same golf course. Just based <laughs> truly, just based on the wind, the 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 weather, whatever. It's it's a remarkable place, a remarkable town. And uh I appreciate you giving us some context on this. For God's sake, stop doing fake swings, air swings, stop it. You're in I Florence, can't. stop it. Stop I got to. You're not a guy that works in HR talking to somebody at, at the water cooler. You're in Florence with your bride. Enjoy. Enjoy the time. You, I want to see you at dinner do that thing when you're putting like this, when you're looking over the eyes. One finger. I should practice that. I walk down the streets and tell my wife what percentage the slope is of <laughs> Medici. Yeah, all, all you got to do is put two fingers like this and turn them sideways. That's how many. That's how more long they need to pour that uh, for the wine. Yeah. That's it. At least I, I a two finger. At, le at least, at least. Hey, man, you're you're really kind to to let us interrupt you, and I just. Wanted to hear the story, and uh, it didn't disappoint. So, Max, thanks for the time. Travel back home well and enjoy yourselves, all right? Thank you, boys. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Our sincere thanks to Max Homer. No no better dude. And seriously, I mean, the man's on vacation. Could have said no. Didn't say no. I, tr I tried to tell him to say no, but he didn't. Uh, we appreciate him spending a little bit of time. So you and I, Steve, both heavily immersed in the Open Championship. I think a lot of people out there listening probably were. But you know what else? Uh, you know what else I've been keeping tabs on there, Steve? Huh? Huh? Astros, Natty Beige, hon. Look, how how about your 500 at the All-Star break? And you're just like, yeah, this is great. I, I've been down at the beach. I can't tell you how many people are like, how about the Beige, hon? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> And all I say is, look, they're playing better. They're competitive. That's all any that's all any Baltimore fan wants. We live in a rough neighborhood. It's like being in the on the wrong side of the Big Ten or being on the wrong side of the mm. SEC. I mean, it's a long list of heavyweights at the top. So you're in last place, but you're psyched because you're 500. And they had a long winning streak, won 10 in a row. You know, it's fun. This is all, this is all we wanted. You asked me recently, what would it yeah. take? And I said in that, I watched that series in Chicago. They were competitive. Well, they're competitive, you know, just you got some got some young guys that can go nasty back into the bullpen. They don't give up a lot of runs. It's just nice to not give up 12 runs every third day or second day or every day. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's you need in the summer. I always I always say that. Give me something. Keep me interested. Uh, they do have a big stretch coming up. The Braves come back in. The Yanks come in. But it's. I, I we've texted a bunch during a winning streak, you know, and I watched the post game. I, and I think the Orioles, they do a great job of the broadcast and that Brandon Hyde, the post game, you just see it, man. Like you see a guy that's been through it all and just the last couple of years and he's got like, I don't want to say a sparkle in his eye, but he's got, he knows he's got some guys that are going to fight and they have a chance. And I, as a manager, you know, that's all That's all you can ask for. It's like, hey, are you guys going to be behind me a little bit? Can we, you know, maybe we make a move here and get somebody. Um, I just, there's a belief that it's it's not what it what it has been. And that's what's just so awesome to see. I'm with you. And I, the, I this is where I hate how you have to qualify everything, but but mm -hmm. I'll do it just because, you know, I mean, people work. People work hard for a living. They don't like them. I, I get that there's hard jobs. Okay. Mm -hmm. I get that Hyde is not a firefighter or a teacher or in the army. Okay. A policeman doing, you know, dangerous hard work. And uh, he's, he's a baseball manager. I'm just asking you to think about what it would be like to come to work every single day and fill out your lineup card and know 
we're gonna we're gonna probably lose tonight and by a lot. And, we'll and probably, I gotta answer every question. And then and then tomorrow we're well probably gonna lose by a lot tomorrow. And it just that's how it's gone for years. They lose hundred and fifty. They lose like hundred and hundred and teens losses. That's yeah. what they do. So being five hundred. And have like you said, there's a, there is a spark around the team, and it's fun to see. I mean, like like everybody's got some version of a home run chain or whatever. It's just it's just fun to see grown men playing a kid's game, jumping around, being excited, and and, and winning games. Um, and if you're old enough, and I am, to remember when Baltimore, back in the old Memorial Stadium days and in the early days of Camden Yards, like that was a place was filled. It's a good baseball town. People just want to have a team that, that that gives them a chance. And they right now that they have that, and it's amazing how. It, Juxtapose that with a team that's won a lot. You five hundred, you'd be disappointed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing how the exact same record can look completely different depending on the lens you're looking at it through. Uh, and so, so to for me to be in the summer and not just having to punt on the baseball team I grew up rooting for is is good fun. You, on the other hand, optimism meter. Yeah. Uh, uh, one and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to argue with you. It's just. It's. It is what it is. We know it's coming. We know it's coming. Two or three in Atlanta was big. Yeah, there you go. Mets. Give there me forty-eight go. on the mound. I just need to see it. What I, an animal! What an animal! I, I, I and, and Scherzer. Oh man! I mean, talk about being as good as advertised. That guy. You just like you said. You know what you're getting every night. That's why I love seeing Max out there. Uh, but give me forty-eight. Give me Degrom. I need to see Jake back on the mound. I mean, I get that it was you know minor leaguers just. They have no chance, but neither do major leaguers against DeGrom. You know, I mean, he's, he's just, he's one of one mm -hmm. in terms of just stuff. So just loved it. Unless you're a, you know, Phillies fan or Braves fan or anybody else in the National League fan, you just want to see the dude healthy enough to be able to go this summer. Um, what else do I have for you? Lost the par three tournament, uh, came up a shot short. Um, it's all right. How, but, who, who left more putts, Rory on Sunday or you? On Friday, very close. Yeah, very, very close. How's I mean, the anger level? Were you still? I didn't throw. You? I, Did you block it out? I've I've matured on the golf course, Steve. Okay, because uh, there's I a lot of chirpers on that on that day. A lot yeah, of chirpers. That's and true. I just want to make sure your mind was was good. No, we. we uh, I, th I think I might have let the putter. I might have let the put let the putter slide out of my hand after one miss, but I didn't do a two hand like axe throw. I mean, I just sort of okay. tossed it tossed it towards the bag in disgust. I think we hit three. I think we hit three lips in mm. the uh, final round. Missed missed out by by a single stroke of uh, of a chance to play for the coveted title. Uh, but uh, have you won that title? Uh, sort of, but it was in the, yes. I mean, I'm I'm on the I, I'm on the plaque, but it was okay. It was more. I it's a little bit like Alabama's titles back where they just decided <laughs> they awarded them some of those early Alabama titles that they just awarded themselves. I think that's what happened because under our new format, I have not won this okay. format. Um, you know, but neither is neither is you know my 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 fiercest uh, rival out there who I managed to beat. Mm. You know, no, no big, big deal. deal. He's still in bed. It's depression is the post <laughs> the post weekend depression is real. <laughs> Couple shout outs on the on the on the on the DMV side, folks that know know. Shout out to Monty that runs the Starboard. There's no greater host. He's just incredible. Uh, goes out of his way for us. Uh, shout to the uh, Sandy Pony Donuts again. Hope uh, hope Ben's bride had it. Had the, uh, they're having a baby there. I stopped in the Sandy Pony and uh, and they're 
got some donuts there. You got your own fresh ones. The kids didn't leave you day old ones. Uh, they didn't make this trip. This was just a, this was ah, one where dad in charge. Nice. Just, just go half a dozen, half a dozen, half a dozen will last you. you make them last a eh, more than a day. A couple nibbles just requires a bit of <laughs> bit of discipline, not to just <laughs> inhale the six immediately, <laughs> but there's the diminishing returns, right? I mean, to me, it's just mm. somewhere more than two, less than four. I, I settled on three. Three's good. Anything okay. more than that. You're like, this is really an unnecessary thing. I'm, I, I don't need to do this. Let's let these live for another day. We got an update on uh, on the TV. I think some people uh, back might remember the soccer goal. Oh, need, yeah. Need to score a goal for a TV. Didn't quite get that done, but that's not the only sport that can earn a prize. Correct. And uh, it was actually good because the two older ones are on the swim team. We've talked about swim. We're in the middle of swim season. We got divisionals coming up this weekend. And there was a time that was set and both girls broke the time. So as soon as Cam Smith got that trophy Sunday, they said, Daddy, get off the couch because we're going to buy a TV. And uh, TV purchased, bracket purchased, uh, being installed in the next day or so. So uh, pretty happy, pretty happy for all around, all around. Girls were awesome. Um, it's funny, you know, you get the ribbons, yeah. uh, you know, like a week or two after. And my older one found the ribbons from last year. And it's really, really cool to see how much better the improvement, you know, like their first time ever doing it last year. And then this year's ribbons coming in. So we were comparing that and having some fun with that. So it's been a lot of fun. Got, uh, got a whole uh, week of basketball camp in. Uh, survived. I couldn't believe it, uh, but the two older ones did it. Uh, younger one was probably not happy they didn't lower the baskets, but we started making baskets by the end of the week. So we uh, we're good. We're good. You know it's better. You know it's better than a ribbon, a TV. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would agree with that. Yes. White ribbons, multicolor ribbons, red ribbons, blue ribbons. Yay! Hey, throw that TV on the wall, pop. Let's throw up, fire up some Peppa Pig or whatever it is. Whatever you got, you got all the apps. Fire them but, up, girls. But that's great. That's fantastic. It's uh, we're last year we were uh, we were swim season. Uh, your summer pod for swim swim meet updates. Mm. The, this year we're like the we were the old we were the old eight year old. This year we're the youngest in the under ten. So mm. you're going up you're going up against some absolute uh, some some sharks some killers. Yeah, uh, but that's good. Absolutely. Well, we're explaining Stay in the fight. You want to compete against somebody that's Correct. older and better. Uh, iron sharpens iron. I don't say any of this to my daughter, by the way. Can you imagine? You're on the pool deck. Iron sharpens iron. 25. Give me 25. Give me 25. Fast freestyle. Come on, iron sharpens iron. Why did I suddenly turn into that? Who was that? Coach Kynes that was from Alabama that one yeah. year in that bowl yeah. game? Oh, God. What a great halftime interview oh. that was. I turned into Coach Kimes. Kimes or Kimes? I never remember what it is. Whatever it is, I, I, I don't do that. I don't say iron sharpens iron to my daughter. <laughs> I just, it's just it's fun to watch your kids compete. Everybody that ever told me that, you know, you're going to have so much fun. Watch, it's, it's so true. And yeah. all the, and by the way, don't be that parent that, that acts like an idiot at, no. at your kids' games. Please. Or, come on. It's for the kids. They're probably not going to be an Olympian. They're probably not going to be a pro. And even if they are, just relax. It's summer. Have a little 
whatever. Have a, have a cerveza. Have, throw some dogs on the grill. Keep it moving. So, so there you go. There's a little, you know, little, little summertime check-in. Uh, yeah. We're just, we're just bandying about over here, trying to, trying to keep it uh, between the mustard and the mayonnaise. <laughs> Steve's probably reading a billion things. Oh, we're do- we we have highlighters. Dove in. Hi- got the highlighters I going. Got oh, you know what? I left them upstairs because I knew I would be reading in between. Uh, yeah, we are officially uh, all the way in. Love uh, that. We, when, when, when can folks see you next on Daily Wager? I saw you wearing an Oriole hat on Daily Wager. That was just warm my warm my soul. Yes. Um, when, are you, when are you on that again? Well, tonight, uh, Tuesday. Or no, I'm done. What's today? Yeah, Tuesday. There you go. Daily Wager. And then we, uh, we got a big trip out west going out to the Oregon coast. Well, that's what the, that's the that's the fellas, right? That's the fellas trip. Yep. Well, listen, you travel well to that. Uh, enjoy that and uh, pick winners on the show. And the podcast has to end now because my two boys have been downstairs waiting patiently for this to wrap up. And I just got a text from wifey that said the boys are starving. <laughs> so before before I'm overtaken. Uh, by two hungry, hungry young men. Uh, I am going to say to you, sir, tip of the cap, be well until next time. And uh, to everybody out there, we're going to we'll pop back in, just let you know what's going on, see what's happening. And uh, everybody enjoy your summer. Stay safe. Be good.